0: Not going to lie, audio is a little goofy on this one. No big deal. Some little, you might hear some echoes, you might hear some little pops, but it's not a big deal. You'll lean with it. You'll rock with it. Enjoy the show. It's Radio Free Tow Bag, and I'm Audrey. I'm
1: Donovan. Vroom, vroom, indeed. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom, because we've got joining us Mr. Regular himself. It's Brian from Regular Car Reviews. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Did you like our vroom, vroom? Well,
2: that's that's what cars tend to do, (laughs) (laughs) or at least 96% of them right now.
1: Yeah, we're kind of gearheads over here. We know about the sounds that cars make, relationships, yeah. and vehicles. It's kind of our, our twin set of expertise. I wanted
0: I wanted to ask you right off the rip, just real quick. I just put $3,000 into repairing a 2009 Toyota Prius with mm. 200,000 miles on it. Am I a Rube?
2: What was the figure? Three three grand? Three grand. Okay. And there's 250000 Yeah. What did the three grand do?
0: It did a uh, combination meter, uh ECU, aux battery, and, oh, what was the third fucking thing? Fourth fucking thing. I can't remember. Flames on the sides. Flame decals, NOS package.
2: <laughs> I think, I, I don't know if Ed Bolian or someone did actually put nitrous on one of those things. Um, okay. So I didn't hear head gasket. Right. Which is good. Yeah. Toyota engines are very, very stout. So with the exception of the 7M, but that's that's like an engine from the 80s. uh, You shouldn't have to worry about head gasket. I'm surprised what the ECU went
0: because. Yeah. uh, Oh, coolant pump shorted, which shorted the ECU. That was the fourth thing. Okay, so you had a coolant leak around
2: the water pump and that got into the ecu so i'm guessing the ecu in a a, you said a second well that's an 09 i think that's second gen prius yeah but the ecu is mounted inside the engine bay and not inside the passenger compartment. so okay so you had a seal that went i'm guessing or a hose came off no you said that replaced the water pump right yeah they replaced the coolant pump no it's not a bad it's not a bad yes yes because yeah (laughs) Um, You still have a a wonderful service vehicle that will probably last another 50,000 miles. So, you know, you're going to get another year or two out of that thing. Um, Great.
1: Okay. We love it. it. We love good news at the top of the program. Audrey, this has been a running thing on the show for a few weeks because she's been...
2: Now, if it needs another three grand down the road, if if you're going to see like warnings about temperature, like if the car starts getting hot... Or if you check the oil one time and suddenly it's brown and not black. Mm-hmm. And by brown, I mean you know the only time the engine the only time the engine oil looks brown is like the first week after the change and after that, you know, it, it takes on the dark color. But if you pull the dipstick and it looks a little bit like a milkshake, uh oh, that means coolant <laughs> got in it. That oh. means your head gasket went, that means you know, that engine's coming. That's out. game over. Yeah. It yeah. I mean it's game over. Now now you're talking like seven grand. Um, okay.
0: Because they have have to pull the engine,
2: and it's really complicated. Now, now Priuses last a long, long, long time. Okay. um, As compared to, say, a
1: Chevy Spark. Right, um, right. Listeners, prayers up for the Audrey Mobile. Let's get a Mm -hmm. prayer drive going. We're passing the collection (laughs) basket to you now. Head on over to patreon.com slash RFTV. We've already touched on it, and uh, Brian, the name of your show is is pretty descriptive but do you want to just yeah. kind of introduce you know how long you've been doing this and and what your uh, what your work is gosh after
2: i don't know if this is year nine or year 10 well next year's 2024 so that means i've been making youtube videos for a decade i've never had a job that lasted that long um i review cars and i talk about my dick and that's the show <laughs>
1: <laughs> we love it <laughs>
0: Similar to our show, in a lot of ways, actually. At least half of it. We mostly Mm -hmm. talk
1: about dicks, and then sometimes we talk about cars. So kind of an inverse situation, and together, (laughs) we are a a, a paradigm of expertise here. Paragon? Paragon. Paragon? Paragon,
2: Yeah, there you go. I think that's it.
1: Uh, Well, we love it. I have, uh, Brian, I've been a fan of your stuff since you started. I actually started watching uh, RCR on YouTube. Like, around the time you started, I was going through uh, some pretty hefty depression stuff, and I oh. found it, like, an extremely calming and, like, put me in a good mind state before oh, bed. thank you. Because most of this would hit before then. So thank mm. you for doing that. I don't know. Your, your oh. stuff has been, like, a great comfort to me, and it's it's rad as hell. If our listeners oh. don't watch you, they should. Even if you're oh. not a huge, like, car head, your channel oh, just... Oh, yeah,
2: especially if you're not a car head. Like, some car people just hate this show. Because I'm like, will you stop doing with the dumb voices? Is? I just want to hear about the Chevrolet. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's, it's RCR can never be as popular as uh, Tavarish or Gears and Gasoline or Petrolicious or Ed Bolian or, or you know, the car Trek and all of that. Because it's naturally a subversive podcast that makes fun of its subject matter. You know, I remember when we did like a Ford Raptor. It just, the, 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 thumbnail was just said hot garbage. Like this is the <laughs> dumbest truck in the world.
1: It's yeah. Do you but get like, much it does Nothing mail? well. Do you, do you get people like in comments and stuff fucking with you much? I don't know. I don't read the comments. Hell yeah. They're not even, pay, they're not paying me to read
0: it. <laughs> there it is. There it
1: is. Yeah. This is the correct mm-hmm. approach. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, listeners, check out RCR for the reasons we laid out. But more on the topic of this program, uh, you put out a video recently uh, towards the beginning of this year coming out as, as gay at 41 yep. and uh, yep. having, you know, kind of dated playing straight basically up to this point.
0: 40? I usually ask guests coming
1: yeah. on the first time just kind of what their dating life is like currently. But I'm, I'm really curious just the past year. How, how has that been?
2: I've had one very good date. At, well, one very good date with with a re- reoccurring physical Congress after it. Um, <laughs> That's good. But That's good. this this is another person who's discovering their sexuality and gender mm-hmm. uh, at the time. So it's it's been a. Um, with this person, we're all it's like we're seeing a movie for the first time that everybody else has watched. So yeah. that's been the experience and that's been very, very positive. Um, but for dating for 40 years of being in drama class during a date and realizing you are playing a role, right. so your parents are happy. That's what, that's the audience. And even when they're not there through <laughs> okay, Cupid, grind no, I never did grinder um okay cupid bumble i was on that yeah what's it what's another one Inch. tinder everybody tinder. did yeah yet yeah, i i did those and even when i'm in rcr like gosh yeah came out at age 40 so that was two years ago so even in the mid 30s still trying to make it happen yeah um and like buying the wrong car, like that Dodge Neon I had, <laughs> you're trying to convince yourself uh, how vulgar can I be on this podcast? Extremely. As vulgar, as, as nasty <laughs> as you want to be, baby. It's It's like, you know... It's like eating pussy and just thinking about bratwurst. They're trying to fix your (laughs) mind there to 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 think about something you know you want right now. But this isn't. This is this is undercooked lasagna, and I don't want that. I don't want that. I've never really liked lasagna. I've ordered it once at a restaurant while high, and even then, I'm like, this isn't what I. I don't. I don't like this. Fuck Garfield. This is horrible. (laughs) But doing it because you think it's your civic duty.
0: It's like voting. Nobody likes voting.
2: No. No. So all the dates were like that. And heterosexual sex felt like wrestling class. This is just a whole bunch of physical motion here. And I just got to know the moves. This is WWF. And always feeling like a heel. I'm going to dig deep here. Like I, I would go into sex. Like, Erwin um, R. Shyster. No, okay. Yeah. So there was this heel in the WWF. This, season, this guy, this heel called Erwin R. Shyster, and his n- initials spelled IRS, and he was an accountant. And he's like, "You're going to pay your fair share." And like <laughs> his thing would, his thing would be to go out like ringside and. You know, when he would do his interviews <laughs> where he would just accuse whatever state of being a tax shelter for people. And you're the problem.
1: <laughs> it was one of like the
2: greatest heels to come up with. And I'm not really a big wrestling guy, but I like the whole performance of it. Is that he's literally the IRS. So already people, the whole crowd boos him. <laughs> he comes out with like a suspenders on and a tie. His glasses down over his nose. It was funny because it was still the 80s, so even though he had slick back hair, he still had this mullet in the back. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so... Oh, you like that, don't you? I totally am into this experience. Next to your... That's miserable. Your G3 Mac, and with, like, paint dribbled over it because you're an art student. Yeah, I guess I like this. <laughs> ready to name names right now so <laughs> yeah so in rcr a lot of like the references coming out of it were me trying to express uh being closeted in a very red county yeah pennsylvania so that's, that's, that's where a lot of, of the initial anger that. came from
1: right you have you had up to this like were you out to any friends did you have any kind of support with this or have you been you know carrying that the whole time
2: carrying it the whole time Uh, a Mm. few people
1: because i didn't want to lose my
2: social circle because you know growing up in the 90s you know if you were gay just meant bad or lame i mean everybody called each other gay and fag and all that sort of stuff that was just a thing And, and still in my head like programmed into it your almost knee jerk reaction to call something dumb. Well, that's gay. That was just like there. That was just a thing you said. And no one really says right. that anymore. Um, and rightly so. So there was always come, I came out to people who, like in little, little bits, like people I know are not going to fuck me over. Right. Um, so, my one of my best friends, Corey Walton, she was a roommate of mine. Uh, at college in Kutztown, we all rented a house together. I trusted her a little bit before I trusted Tyler, but I think he knew. Um, and then I told him and that was whatever, but these are people I lived with, partied with, you know, um, clean everything. I trusted like these people, but not classmates, not my station manager at the radio station at the college radio station. And only recently, like this past week, no, two weekends ago. No, wait, that's right. Probably on the calendar. Where was it? Where was the film shooting? Uh, yeah, it was 23rd, last Wednesday. Um, accidentally came out to my landlord because my <laughs> landlord, um, we're only like four years apart. Like he was a senior. He was a senior when I was in the eighth grade. Yeah. Um, So, so when you're, when it's like that, you're, you were never in the same building in school, but you know, you know, the same people, you just never interacted with each other. So I rent this house, like this is the house you see in the background. This is his first house. Then he moved to another house, kept the old one. I just rented that one from him. So like, um, I'm telling a story and someone asked me about, I owned a Toyota Sarah for a while. And that is a. Japanese domestic car about the size. It's heavily based on the Toyota Paseo, but not quite. Um, it was the car that inspired the McLaren F1, oh. which is one of the most expensive sports cars you can yeah, buy. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what they are now. They're a million at least. Yeah, maybe more. Uh, uh, and when oh, who designed it? I should know this. Gordon Murray. When Gordon Murray first saw the Toyota Sarah in like 89 at the Tokyo Motor Show, he's like, I like those doors because they're butterfly doors. They're not quite mm. gull wings like a DeLorean back to future car. But they this, got the this fancy one is, ones.
1: I'm sorry? They got the fancy doors, though. They got the cool ones. Which one? The lift up kind. The not standard Okay, open. for
2: people listening, what you just did is you <laughs> slid your hand vertically. And that's a scissor door. That's what they call, used mm. to call Lambo doors. Those Damn. things are atrocious. They suck ass. <laughs> they, don't, they solve no problems. They're harder to get in, into and out of than any other type of alternative opening door. They're even worse than suicide doors. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gull wing, the doors, the doors are hinged on the roof. Right. Uh, butterfly doors are hinged on the roof and the A-pillar. And okay. they were able to... Toyota's looked at gull wings from the 80s like, that's neat, but you need a torsion bar to make that work. And those things were out. We're going to design it that's just going to use a gigantic gas strut because you could buy those anywhere. It is serviceable, and it's not going to require a torsion bar to use. Just one big gas strut. It's replaceable. Great. So that's what they did, uh, Gordon. And it's one of the easiest doors to enter and get out if you just practice the move you can get in it's, it's almost like you you once you pop that thing and the gastro lifts the door by itself the handle toyota made this handle so perfect you just grab it you hold on to the door and kind of jump into the seat holding on to the door which now begins to close Held back, it's it's the, the closing of the door is slowed by the gas piston, which also slows you. This is all one motion. You're in the air at this point. And you just <laughs> plop down into the seat, pull the door rest, rest of the way down. It looks so cool getting into the car. To get out of the car, you pop the door, give it a little bit of nudge with your elbow, it rises up the rest of the way. You take your inside hand, because now you're on you're on the right side of the car, so there's gonna be left hand, cross it over your body, grab that handle on the door get out and turn backward and if you do that all in one motion you're like looking backward at someone checking you out you continue (laughs) your motion all the way around grab the door pull it down you do this like spin move and it's like yeah i know exactly what i'm about and uh it's so slick
0: I hear a train in the background. Yeah, yeah I live very near by. train tracks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I have to have the windows open, or I will roast in here like it's a fucking oven. But
1: <laughs> mm. so you're telling your landlord about this? So I'm telling. I'm telling.
2: I'm. I'm telling the volunteer who brought us. And uh, this thing's probably not going to go up for a while. But it does. Who cares? We were filming a. Doesn't matter what we were filming. Um. But I was this person. I always w- I worked with before. That he brought me a car. I filmed it. Oh yeah, he he brought me a, a Mitsubishi Delica, which is one of those crazy Japanese camper off-road four by four vans. They're badass, but they use turbo diesel engines that they don't really, they didn't really have in the United States, so engine parts are kind of difficult. Yeah. So he, we were just talking about Japanese cars that we own. And he asked, "Well, why don't you own that Sarah anymore if it was so good?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's a fantastic car, um, but I'm out of the closet, so I don't need a cute little machine." To express my sexuality in a form that racist old men from central Pennsylvania can can be bamboozled by. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would have these cute, funky cars and I could roll up to a car show. And because it's an unusual car, these old men who represent a segment of the population that I wish would understand me but won't, I can get inside. The ramparts of their prejudice. And, but because now I don't care about them anymore, I'm not into JDM cars now because that's what that's what they served. So now I'm back to classic cars. So I bought that Galaxy.
1: Was it so? Was that kind of a way for you to express this up to this point that was kind of flying under the radar? Yeah, Yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, it was fun.
2: I had had a Nissan Pow too. That was awesome. It's one of the cutest cars ever made. The Pow. Um, if you if if you have uh, computers in front of you and you just write, type in Nissan POW. That is P A O Papa Oscar. Ro, uh, pop uh, Papa Alpha Oscar.
1: I love this guy. This is cute as
2: hell. Oh my the ones I seeing yeah. are like in a baby
1: blue too.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like if Japan made a Mini Cooper. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's what it is. It is adorable. And that that um my roommate that i came out to Corey walt she owns one now it's like yeah this thing is awesome it's it's cavernous it's a small car it's huge on the inside the only thing it doesn't do is go fast and go up hills because it's still a one liter engine that makes like i had one we put it on a dyno made 37 horsepower (laughs) it's just so slow um um, if To really make these things useful, you'd have to swap the engine into something else. Maybe, maybe someday if I have Rockefeller dollars, I'll buy another one. And in would go a Honda D-Series One Slammer. And when I say One Slammer, I mean a single overhead cam. It's the base engine that you would find in Civics in the late 90s up to the early 2000s. See, I
0: They're would go with a Dodge Viper rock engine. solid engines. <laughs> I would do a Dodge Viper. Rocket to the moon. <laughs>
1: That's interesting. So you say you wanted
2: a, a if you had if you had money you'd buy a Dodge Viper.
0: No, I would I would put a Viper engine in a POW.
2: Okay. And then go to space.
0: <laughs> and then go to space. All right, let's <laughs> let's entertain
2: this idea for a second. You're talking about. I think it was just called the V1 engine. Uh, that is an eight liter uh-huh. V10. Yeah, that's eight times more than that <laughs> liters that's an engine they're not that big but they're still about the size of uh, uh, gosh yeah they're about the size of two mini fridges which is the interior of that pow (laughs) Uh, i don't know where that engine would sit it's obviously not going to drive the front wheels anymore in the prayer back.
1: drive for Audrey that our listeners are encouraged to pass the basket around. Let's get this process figured out and replace Audrey's Prius with the most dangerous tiny car of all time. <laughs> yeah. With 5 million horsepower.
0: <laughs> 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 all right. No for him, just walk. Even the
2: transmission, they were T... T6060s? Yeah, this engine... You'd, the engine would have to be hanging out the back. Yeah. Turned around backwards. And then would have to go through some sort of gearbox because the output shaft of the crank is going to be facing forward into and it would the would snap instantly. And now it's going to have to make a 180. No, okay, you wouldn't do that. You just have the transmission...
0: I've, I've done I don't I've know, done a man. bad thing. <laughs> no, don't know. It's rad to um, me, though,
1: that, that you kind of at least had that avenue, though, that you're you're describing with kind of being able to express yourself through mm-hmm. kind of more quirky, small, feminine, to yeah, kind of like these racist old white guys you're talking about. Yeah. I, I came out as non-binary at the beginning of last year, mm-hmm. and leading up to that point, my kind of way I was doing that. I I don't know. I I have, you know, I've got pretty supportive friends. You know, Audrey's been out for a while. has been out as, as by as long as I've known her, Mm -hmm. anybody in my family, my immediate family would be cool and supportive. But I felt, I felt this weird pressure of like, I'm not queer enough to come out as non-binary. I felt this sense that, like, somehow I, I did not deserve that. If that makes sense, you're
2: saying that through that mustache,
1: <laughs> you're not queer enough
2: with that Freddie Mercury level. <laughs> Straight right. across, there is no break in that mustache. There is None. no, that's, that is a man's mustache. <laughs> you are, you,
1: you're the guy who, and the rings, like, oh really? yeah. Okay. Well, so I was painting my nails and I uh-huh. started, I was saying to people, cause I had, I don't know, men's fashion had just never really clicked with me. I never, oh, Okay. I never felt captured by it. Mm-hmm. And I was out in uh, rural Washington with the, with an ex of mine when I lived in Portland. Mm -hmm. And we went to this uh, this Goodwill and she found like this floral, very much grandma top, very flowy, kind of like a double collar situation. And she was like, you got to try this on. And I was like, oh, it's a woman's. I don't know. She's like, no, fuck that. Like, you're going to look great. Like she was painting my nails for the first time earlier, which also felt awesome. Mm -hmm. And I put this thing on. I was like, oh, holy shit. I feel Uh like this Mm -hmm. sense of energy that I hadn't Mm -hmm. experienced. Yes. And I had a stretch of a year where I was like, well, maybe what I need to do with fashion, I find this so interesting, the contrast between having more masculine features and feminine clothing. That's Mm -hmm. my fashion direction. And then I was kind of like, wait a second, I I think this is speaking to something deeper in here. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of able, though, to like feel that out for the first year or so by kind of experimenting with clothing. And I wonder kind of, you know, how many people who are are closeted are still figuring things out, like what form that takes for people. 'Cause I yeah. really thought of it beyond that. And that's I don't know. That's really interesting to have cars need, as that you, outlet.
2: You need you need a pair of pit fibers like so bad to complete that look. That is amazing.
1: A like pair anything of
2: uh you know, the M frame M frame reflective multicolor oh, something. hell yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, pretty you, cool yeah. people. They like they like uh They'll give free stuff. I mean, they're they're totally overpriced sunglasses. I mean, they probably cost five dollars to make, and they cost one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, that's the whole point. But yeah, but
0: yeah,
1: sponsor us and give me some cool glasses so I can gender Mm -hmm. even harder, please. Yes, that's the radio free tote bag request.
0: Yeah, we have Uh, another request, perhaps for an embarrassing dating or relationship story. Okay, hit this before it is questions.
2: I went through the entire gambit of a relationship in two hours. <laughs> this was an OK Cupid date that took place in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. I was living with my parents and I was. St- Still, you know, forcing myself. Oh,
0: I love this.
2: I love lasagna. Let's go on these dates to be normal. (laughs) So I go on this date, drive my Toyota Echo. I don't know. Let's have a date with a girl. Let's go on a walk around Valley Forge. That's romantic, right? And she just annoyed the crap out of me. Like, this is, I guess, this is homework. So let's go. And what she did most of the day was just complain about her illnesses. Mm. Like, first this happened to me, and then this happened to me, and something like that. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. That's rough and first aid chat. She, yeah. And then when there were lulls in the conversation, she kind of upped the illness and then talked about her emergency room experiences. Fuck. And just bring it up. Like, when there's a lull in the conversation, like, yeah, I was in an emergency room, and... You know, I was bleeding from my stomach, but Ah. they didn't take me right away. So I had to sit there. And eventually, I just turned to her and I said, Do you just try to put people off? (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, Well, aren't you an asshole? Like, Yeah, I guess. And we were like 0. 0.8 miles away from my car. <laughs> so now we had to walk back just hating each other. We didn't say much. I was like, well, this is a battle, I I guess, of attrition. I'm like, bye. <laughs> Get into my Toyota Echo and drive home. So that, that, was, that was, yeah, that was probably one of the worst dates I went on. That's one of the worst dates that's happened. Yeah. It's like we hated each other at the end of this. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I had a kind of a similar one. I went to go see, I can't remember what movie, but it was this this, um, this girl that I knew from work, and she and I go out to, to uh, see a movie, and by the end of it, like we're driving home, and the movie was fine. The chat about the movie was fine, but I said something about religion, and she went, well, I'm Catholic. And I went, oh, boy. Well, that's difficult. And so we, like, I offended her on the topic of religion, and then tried to walk it back, and she was Mm. very upset with me by the end of things. And I was like, "Well, fine, I don't give a shit anyway." What did you say about religion? I I said something along the lines of like, you know, edgy teenage atheist shit. I think I was like seventeen at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I think I think it was the fucking Hitchens quote. I think it was the Hitchens quote. That which can be uh, asserted without evidence (laughs) can be dismissed without consideration. You're pulling that, like, quoting Hitchens (laughs) on a date. Yeah, that
2: was my fault. (laughs) What did you think think was going to happen? She was like, wow,
1: you're so You're
0: so smart. Oh, you God. know what
1: I, i'm rejecting catholicism and we're married now yeah <laughs> won my heart and my spirit. i mean
0: i figured that's my move i impress with intellect is how i <laughs> i don't know I mean, what else do i got mm-hmm. let's be honest let's be right. real about shit the mm-hmm.
1: classic uh, classic young person move of yeah, trying mm-hmm. to figure it out there mm-hmm well, why don't, we, uh, why don't we pull our bad date experience here and see if we can solve some other people's problems. Are we ready Sounds to answer good. some questions? Man to it. Yeehaw, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by the Radio Free Totebag Patreon. Patreon. It's the place where you, the listener, can get a bonus episode each week and access to over 140 episodes in the backlog right away. Can you imagine such a thing? That's like a good date. That's like going on a date and you say the Hitchens quote, and instead of being upset with you, they give you a bunch of bonus episodes. That's the perfect (laughs) analogy for this situation. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Support the show. We get into Reddit questions. We got other guests back there. It's a great time. I forgot to do a character for this bit. This has been Vanilla Donovan. Patreon.com slash RFTB. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's the question box. Question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. It's the question box. It's the segment of the show where you, the listener... (laughs) can Send us your questions and we will do our best to answer them. How do you do that? It's simple. You simply head on over to our social media at RFTV Right, Brian, that's usually my role on this program. I gotta get more seltzer in here. Head on to our social media at RFTV Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Blue Sky if you put the other stuff after it. Actually, it's just at RFTV <laughs> Nothing else is called that. <laughs> or our website, rftb.me. You don't have I'm to make an, an account. <laughs> 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 Click that ask a question button, type it into the question box, and we will get it. Audrey, what are we answering first this week?
0: What's up, Dono and Audrey? Don't forget the guest. I am a 24 year old bisexual man living in the US South. I am closeted due to a career where my sexuality would cause some problems. Currently, I have a girlfriend who is great. We've been together for over two years, but sadly the last year has been cross country long distance. It seems like this distance is not gonna close anytime soon. I don't wanna be in a long distance relationship, but I don't wanna lose my girlfriend either. And if I were single, I would wanna begin dating men for the first time in my life. How do you deal with the decision of leaving somebody good due to a bad situation slash wrong timing? This is especially hard for me because I don't wanna hurt her, but I'm not happy with the distance. If I were single, my dating life becomes significantly more complex. It's easy and safe to keep everything the same. Sorry about the long question. Please don't be. It wasn't even that long. Y'all are the best. Heart emoji. He's a 24-year-old male, uh,
1: is that bisexual, right? living in the South. Long-distance relationship. They've been together over two years. Uh, hasn't dated men before. Is would have is closeted due to a career. Or would cause some problems.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, pretty much thinking that means military. Could or be. he's a teacher. That's the other now. Thing why, is he, that. why is he? Why is that? Because that says long distance. That he had to move. He was like stationed somewhere.
0: Yeah, um, oh, you might have nailed point.
2: it. Yeah, um, like not trucker. That's the exact opposite. Yeah, they're right. in the same. I, place I mean, he could be thing. in some sort of business. He could be working for a company you know when it says something something a family company yeah which means
1: racist <laughs> racist so, it, homophobic it could be that as well aggressive but so the we relationship is good but it's just uh but it's just long distance they don't want to be in the distance part of it and i'm it sounds like you want to you know experiment with this it sounds like you haven't dated men before Right. Hence, they're saying it would be particularly hard because you've got the work component, you're doing a new thing, and you've got to end this distance relationship, which is challenging yeah. in its own right. Yeah. Um, First of all, he's in the
2: prime of his fucking years. Yeah. His is dick true. is never going to be as hard as, as it is now. There's <laughs> probably a lot of guilt going along with this, so you just can't just run out. Yeah. But it's way easier to do it now than do it in your 40s. Yeah, the, the only the only plus side, like for me, is that I have a job I can't be fired from. So great. So, or you know, ooh, you're in media. Like literally, no one cared. It hasn't hurt my career at all. Yeah, I mean, so he needs to go find a way to go out and get some side dick. And pretty much, like, even <laughs> if he goes out and freaking cheats with a guy, it's still her fault for being <laughs> mad at him. <laughs> So I don't know what he's waiting for.
0: <laughs> well, don't I would, cheat. <laughs> I would say that you could maybe have a conversation because I imagine you're out to the girlfriend, right? And I imagine it's it, this is kind of how it went for me. I had a very similar sort of thing. I was mask presenting at the time. I had a girlfriend and I wanted to get with some guys, and so she and I amicably broke up so that i could explore that part of things but then she and i yeah. ended up saying but we could still fuck right and that got messy and weird and bad but um is yeah, is non-monogamy something that you're
1: open yes. to? because like all the, the routes here are, are basically difficult like i see what you're saying at the end there it's easy and safe to keep everything the same but like Brian was saying, if you drag this out longer, it's only going to get harder. There's not really like, oh, yeah. an easy way out of this one. You if... are missing all the hot young men
2: who are just ready to give it up. They're Has in this in guy ever been to an EDM concert? <laughs> <laughs> like this could be over like now, now. Yeah. <laughs> you just go in there, like just buy a pride flag and just tell, tell some guy, you know, you're a really good looking guy. Or you don't know. Don't even do that. Just say you're hot. Just hot. Zero, no, just zero waste time. Just You're hot.
1: We're going for oh. efficiency here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I can see. I can see him going. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So if if you're out to your girlfriend, I think, I mean, I think have a, you're going to have to have a conversation about this no matter what, right? Like the distance is one problem. Wanting to like explore the side of yourself is another thing
2: here. A conversation about what? She's like, guess, guess what? I'm gay and I'm getting dick. Ah, but what do you guys, like? You. What could she like? What could she do? Like, okay, we're broken up. Like, but if like, the relationship I, when you hear is like a young good, guy and who's, tw- oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: So there, it sounds like the relationship's still good. Like from what I'm understanding here, you've dated, you've dated women up to this point. It's been good. This relationship is good, but the distance component is killing him. And he wants to explore this side of himself. I don't know if you're out to her, but like, I would, if you're not, I would come out to your partner and just so, you know, you don't want to hurt her in this situation. I would just kind of explain where you're at. Be like the distance is challenging to me. I want to be seeing these other people, but also like, I, I don't want to hurt you. Is this, is your partner open to non-monogamy? Do you have any sense that maybe they would be comfortable with that or with you dating guys? Like that's a hard conversation to have, but any Avenue here is hard. If you break up with her, that sucks. And if you stay in this relationship, I think I don't know if it's even resentment, but that side of you that's trying to get out is gonna keep building up.
2: Oh, because you know, you're coming he's coming out of the closet. It's just how brutal it's gonna be. Right. What sort of damage he does along the way. Plus, we don't know what what type of girlfriend we're looking at here. Is this like a twenty-four year old wants to have kids? pressure from her grandparents. Like, is this like someone whose life goal is to just be wifed up and has been thinking about it since the eighth grade?
1: Cause that's probably not going to work in that scenario. Yeah. But it's about figuring out what she wants. And if there's a way that you can have that conversation and be like, I, you know, I love you. I'm not able to commit to monogamy in this distance. Would you be okay with us dating other people as well? it's possible she's going to say no to that. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, I think you do just have to do the yeah, breakup. That's gotta Again, be like no matter what, this conversation is going to be tough. You know, mm-hmm. you, but I think you, you are giving a potential option to salvage the relationship. But if she's not somebody who's open to that, like if you've already had any of these conversations and you just get the sense she's not at all open to non-monogamy, yeah. I would say you just got to end it. And I feel yeah. like that's where this person is getting at too, because they're talking about, Again, the part where they say it's easy and safe to keep everything the same, like that's the thing for so many hard decisions in life. And I have found that when I do the easy and safe thing, I don't you end up doing it eventually. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're completely happy with where you're at.
0: And I and exploring your sexuality is something that will happen eventually. You will you will do this if it's in you, you're going to find a way to express it. Mm-hmm. and do it eventually. And it's it's just like you said, Brian, it's like the amount of damage you're going to do on the way to it. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. pitch on monogamy, if that doesn't work out, break it off and then go find several penises and put Get them on hunks. your face. Get some mm-hmm. hunks, But <laughs> it's that honesty. That's that, that, that his coming out.
2: He just needs to go to the bathroom in Woody's in Philly um, classic gay bar. And like the text message to his girlfriend, line one, guess what? Line two, picture of his mouth open,
1: double dicks just right here. Then she'll be so impressed with your technique and that she then, won't even be upset. And then you put your phone
2: in airplane mode. She's going to text <laughs> just... back so there's no double check mark like, <laughs> you can type a bunch of stuff and there's, nothing's going to be seen.
0: <laughs> we'll get back to that later. I just yeah. needed you to know this is what's going on. So mm-hmm. I think
1: damage control-wise, like, this is going to hurt no matter what. I think being direct and honest about it <laughs> is the only way you got any chance of salvaging this. But it, it sounds like you know that you need to explore this thing, and I'd encourage you to do that. So just have that. that hard conversation instead of waiting till this comes to a head that's maximum damage try to minimize the damage here because you know it's been a good relationship up to this point you don't want to fuck this person over it sounds like you still you know you love her but you got this other side of you so we we wish you luck with exploring this
0: I have some also some quick advice for figuring out if you're a top or a bottom mm-hmm. what you got if everybody looks at you and goes you're bottom you're probably a bottom and you should probably just <laughs> accept that and just roll with it mm-hmm. because I spent a long fucking time being like I'm in top <laughs> a, I'm, and then it turns out i'm a girl and a bottom so <laughs> just Neat. roll with it
1: awesome <laughs> good advice tag there all right what else we got in here uh check 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 and the box Hi, car talk radio featuring donovan and audrey we're the <laughs> guests on this program uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you so much for writing into us, listener. My 29M life is kind of a wreck romantically and personally right now. I have a good job and great friends, but every time I perceive myself, I feel sick. Whether that's analyzing the way I walk or how I look in the mirror, I can't help but think about how others see me, often in a negative light. What's more, I'm a chronic masturbator where I'm jerking it three to four times a day, including before work. I have no romantic oh. prospects except for Filipino women who slide into my DMs to say hi, and that's it. My apartment is also a mess, and I can't be bothered to clean it. What can I do to get my life back on tracks?
2: Okay.
0: Wow. First of
2: all, salute that he's bumping on the door of 30 and can still bust three times a day. <laughs> that's awesome. That's he a skill. That that's he a can reload like that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I got one solution if you have decent dick and it looks nice shaved, uh you can make some money on OnlyFans. And there you go, just beat off on camera, make some side cash there, and with that cash you can hire, you know, a cleaner to come in and clean your house. So let's turn let's turn that uh L into a W right there. Boom. Oh. Um <laughs> I'm surprised if you say you have a good life and a lot of friends. None of your friends have come up to you and said, "You know, buddy, we don't we don't want to come in your house, slash apartment." It's just yeah, maybe you don't but have like. Over, let's start yeah. with half of one room and start to put it right.
1: Because that's we've talked about this on the show for Audrey and I. That's and a lot of people like that's the classic depression sign. Your place starts getting messy. You feel like shit. You don't feel like cleaning it. Then it makes you feel worse to be surrounded by the mess. And then you feel worse and the cycle goes and goes. Yeah. So like genuinely starting in, in one place somewhere, just clean in one fucking room. You can get to this place where it's like, I can't get this all done at once. So it's easier to just keep avoiding the thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just try to fucking get your room together or throw trash out. And as you kind of do that each day, small things, you can start snowballing that and have mm-hmm. better luck with this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tough to get to that place habit wise. And so you can't put mm-hmm. all this pressure on yourself to get it done all mm-hmm. at once there. Um, but I think that's a big element because generally speaking with the self image stuff here too, it sounds like you're dealing with some depression and with some yeah. self image issues. And it's really I'll fucking hard it, to date yeah. if you don't feel like leaving the house yeah. or like you can't bring somebody over cause you got like fucking week old macaroni sitting in the sink or whatever. Uh, so just little steps like that. And then if you've got friends you can confide in, you, say you've got good friends, try to talk to you know friends of yours who you can be vulnerable with about this and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going through this right now. I feel like I've got no dating prospects. I don't know what to do. A, a lot more people have been in this situation that you think is what uh-huh. I'm getting at, basically. That's true. Including me. And now I'm, I'm dating all over the place. I'm the talk of the town. <laughs> Everybody in Chicago is saying, I want to go on a date uh-huh. with that Dono. They host Mm -hmm. the greatest relationship podcast in the game. That could be Mm -hmm. you, listener.
0: I want to say one thing one time, and then I want to set it down and walk away from it. And you just consider it and think about it, but don't think about it too hard. Don't look at it too directly. Okay. When you said, when I perceive myself, I feel sick. That reminded me very much of me when I was mask presenting. So can, think what it think about gender? Some, maybe. And I'm going to set that down and walk away from it. And you can do with that what you want to do with it. I'm not telling you anything about yourself. I'm giving you the option to consider something about yourself.
1: But something to consider there. Yeah. Because self-image is just a big fucking part of all of this, too. Yes. Like it, we've said this for five and a half years on this show. It's it's very difficult to find the one or whatever relationship situation you want if you aren't happy with yourself, like in the place that you are. It's difficult to kind of like draw people in if you're like, I'm a fucking mess. I don't like the way that I look. It's hard to like flirt with people and all this stuff if you're if you're feeling like that. Um, so even if it's not gender identity stuff, like. Could you be working out in some capacity? There you do you go. not like the way your clothes look? Is there something small you could get and kind of move in that direction? But I think just, again, not trying to do everything at once. Find some little actionable step you can take on some of this stuff. See how that makes you feel. And then you get that snowball rolling, baby. Next thing you know, you got fucking six rings on. <laughs> you got Hell a yeah. whip-ass mustache. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i have i nine Trans Am with a T-top. Hell yeah, brother!
1: <laughs> <laughs> the ladies will be flocking to your vehicle. They'll be hopping right in there with you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sl- slightly joking, hyping myself up like this, but like I felt like this in the past, and now I have a lot of confidence. And like I really felt like I couldn't do anything about that. Just mm-hmm. know that this isn't insurmountable. I think yeah. just having that hope goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Brian, you ever uh you got any advice for this fella? You ever uh I don't know, you ever have that kind of I don't like the way I look kind of thing or deal with messiness or depression?
2: Yeah. Um the hardest part is just getting to the gym. That goes so freaking far. And it is one of the toughest things an individual can do if they have if they don't have any history with at you know, athletics or sports or anything like that. Yeah. But once you get a solid workout in and I'm not talking about just oh, I'm just gonna do the, the that that sit down pedal like uh, unless you already are doing road bikes the exercise bike does absolute dick for you um, your ass is on minimal the elliptical that's what i use or the treadmill which honestly is better it's punishing because your body's moving up and down but solid cardio regime a solid cardio workout, and, uh, free weights, just doing that free weights and, 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 body weight exercises. And most gyms you go to says, I've never worked out before. Can you just show me how to use this? Any yeah, they will do this. Yeah. And honestly, most gyms you go to say, hi, can you just show me how to use this? Half the people will go say yes. The, For sure. the being, being fear of being judged, uh, is a big thing. Don't ever go to planet fitness, um, <laughs> because they fucking give you pizza. <laughs> their, their whole idea is to keep you fat. It's a sucky ass gym. Um, just find the local towny gym and go in there and you'll meet some very good friends, uh, working out. And during my biggest depression area, uh, depression periods, um, I would go to the gym for like, because I wasn't working at the time and I, and I, and I dropped out of grad school or at least I took a sabbatical, dropped out and I came back and finished and, got my MA, but, um, I'd go to the gym, uh, for four hours because at that time, my only job living at home was to go to therapy and be productive, go to the therapy and just be do positive things. Don't sit in the basement and just feel sorry about yourself. So I just went to the gym and, um, gosh, I was down to 163 pounds like hardly any fat. I was like, I was wiry. And then I just started running and I ran races. So that will help you. And the healthier you are, the cleaner you will think. And, yeah. um, because when you, uh, and this, this is what turns people away because they, they, they put too much effort on weight like that number on the scale cuz it's an easy thing to do all gyms have scales in your house has
1: scales yeah that's what you get to like
2: as you start doing also. cardio and working out your weight will drop drop and then it starts going back up again and people get freaked out no now you have burned away a good amount of your fat now you're starting to build muscle muscle's more muscle's like 10 times as dense as fat so you will start it'll look like you're gaining weight but at that point just pay attention to you know how you feel because at that time you know your your, your legs are getting bigger, your arms are getting better your back's getting bigger when you're doing all that sort of exercise and also now there's more oxygen available now this is half pro science but there's more <laughs> oxygen available for cognitive function that before was being put into uh cardiovascular and 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 lungs to uh s- support A body that is carrying weight that that it really doesn't need to also you don't snore anymore or or you snore less if you're you sleep sounder uh so um uh i could i could go on um but
1: i think you're generally getting at something good here though which is just starting something Mm -hmm. uh because your goal too doesn't need to be to lose weight like just getting in there in some capacity and getting yeah. yourself moving does does yeah. so much for you. Yeah. The thing I was talking about before, I, and maybe it was a different episode, I've talked about this, but I, I think about this stuff as the concept of momentum. And when I get yeah. depressed, yeah. I start getting very inactive. I don't leave the house a lot. Hmm. And it just snowballs, and it gets messy, and I start feeling so crappy. You don't all of a sudden need to have like a perfect regimen together. you got to start somewhere. Just... Yeah if it's running or going into the gym and lifting weights, don't fucking worry about all people are looking at me or I don't know what I'm doing. Like everybody in there has
2: been there at some point. No one looks at you at the gym.
1: No, unless, unless you're
2: doing something horrifically wrong, no (laughs) one cares. You're making up your, the, the people I love at the gym and who I have taken pictures of are the old men who make up their own exercises. I got this one guy, I call him golden gloves because he comes in like my gym has a boxing area. Um, yeah it's mat room it's you know you can do mma just don't throw each other into the mirrors so with heavy bags and there's room for like six heavy bags to hang from the ceiling in that room there's always at least one always at least one hung and so this guy instead of boxing the heavy bag or the speed bag or there's like a medium bag in there somewhere this guy goes into the cardio room and boxes the foam backrests on some of the machines that have chair, you know, chairs <laughs> and backrests on them. That's what he does.
1: He hates the machines. <laughs>
2: something about this. He and saw Terminator. He doesn't like, use gloves. Machines? He doesn't use boxing gloves. He doesn't use little MMA gloves. He uses gardening gloves. So you see this <laughs> <Okay>. old guy <laughs> yes. doing this old-timey... Like, <laughs> like Lane Price from Mad Men, up. where he beats up that little guy. Like, we're gonna address this insult, <laughs> and then he does this slow bob and weave, and does these little hits on the back of the machine. He comes in. I see him in the middle of the day. The, the greatest characters are the old men who got nothing going on who show up to the gym at twelve noon, um, and just do their do these odd stuff. We got this other guy who looks like Benjamin Franklin uh, and, but just he's drowning in a pile of himself as he walks, just long, long stringy hair. He's got the compression socks trying to keep the swelling down on his feet. And he just comes in there. He works out in jeans. He's part of the silver sneakers program in PA. So, so his gym is paid for. So he just comes in and just stares at the TV like, lazily pedals on the recumbent bicycle, and then just, he's barely there. That's something. God, I
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I love an old gym character, but I, I, I appreciate the uh, uh, getting in there element of it. Um... You get where we're getting at, basically, though. The the other thing is, like, you don't want it to be a miserable time. I think there can be this sense that, like, you have to suffer for fitness. This must be this punishing, terrible thing. And when I was trying to get into it, like, I would start running, and I fucking hated running, and it was hard to keep the habit up because I I didn't like it. Eventually, I found lifting, and I had a friend to go with, and they kind of showed me the ropes of that, and I realized that clicked for me, like... It doesn't have to be one size fits all for this stuff. Just finding yeah. some kind of active, even if it's just fucking walking around, anything yeah, yeah. is better than sitting there Cycling. while you're depressed. Cycling, yeah. rock climbing, my favorite thing to say on this program for five years running. Um, but just find that little thing that you can do. And, and you fucking got this, but it's taking mm-hmm. those little yeah. steps at once instead of trying to tackling everything at the same time. Because yeah. it's just, it's a losing battle. It's going to be overwhelming. Um mm-hmm. And if you want fucking weightlifting advice, feel free to message me. I I love talking about this stuff, and it has done probably the most of anything that I do for for my depression. Um, hmm. But you can you can do this. So finding that activity, finding those little steps you can take on cleaning stuff, and trying to reach out to friends for support and to you know open up about this stuff. You it sounds like also, you got people who care.
0: Potentially about professional support if it's available to you, yeah. based on availability of an insurance and if he, okay if you can get a box. therapist get a therapist is what I'm saying
1: yeah always a recommendation but again as we always like to say in this fucking nightmare country who knows if that's accessible to you
0: yeah mm-hmm. but
1: we yeah. believe in you 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 got this
0: yeah we do we do believe in you um I have a question for Brian okay hey Brian my GF wants to know if you're a furry Also, she loves your show. Now, this is a a pro-furry podcast. We have many furry listeners. My partner, my long-distance partner, is a furry, and it's actually uh, her partner, my metamore, that asked that question, is whether or not you're a furry. Um, Are you a furry, Brian?
2: You know, I think Melissa Etheridge said it best. Let's give them something to talk about, (laughs) a little mystery to figure out. <laughs> you know okay. i will not answer that question on the grounds of credit Kren- 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 <laughs> you gotta keep your the mystique i have been to conventions
0: okay people oh, have yeah.
2: recognized me there i was just at the one in philly this past weekend fuck yeah but how devoted am i to the subculture eh. yeah yeah i don't There are some people for whom uh, going to conventions and having an animal character, they really identify that. They have taken that into their bones. It's not me. If I never get to hang out at those conventions and party, they know how to party. Holy! Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) I've heard
0: tales.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just like, it's an EDM show. Yeah. Like you go to a convention, that's what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting that little bit of Comic Con, mostly, uh, mostly Molly. Oh, fuck ton of liquor. I remember this one girl. She'd like at the at the bar, Sheridan Hotel downtown Philly. Um, just shit housed at the hotel bar. It's 10 p.m. on a Friday. She is just fucking
0: gone. She's got the weekend left, and she is
2: yeah. not ready for it. I'm talking to this other guy who has the Hunter S. Thompson glasses on. Midday Saturday tripping on LSD at noon. And he said, This was a mistake. There's just too many noise. <laughs> oh, he's fucked. There's people he's with fucked. weird faces. I can't deal with this. I'm like, ah, good luck, buddy. I watch him like go down the escalator with you know really wide eyes. I see him next day. It's like, yeah, there was nothing I could do but just
1: ride that out.
2: <laughs> um, um, I had two, I had two roommates. Uh, for my hotel, every time you open that door, it's like cloud of purple. You know, it's like they yeah. they were they were just they were just getting high the whole weekend. For me, I kind of split for a little bit. Had some older people. I go to a very nice cocktail bar in Philly that I'm not saying the name of. I don't want to blow this place up because right. it's a really good spot. Keep it good. Um, you mix me a good gin martini, I'm there. Um, you make it okay. taste good, I'm there. Um. But the thing about going to the furry conventions is there isn't a lot of attitude at all. It's and like we even threw a car show there and it was great. Um, you don't get a whole lot of the wing-a-ding-a crowd and <laughs> you go to a convention they're pretty good at policing themselves. Yeah. Like you go to an EDM show, you go to any sort of music festival, there's going to be a fight. There's lawless happens. Yeah. You're going to have to have cops there um uh, and it's and it's interesting because you, when you, when you go to a furry convention, you're the people aren't there to see anybody; they're just there to hang out. There's it's not like like any sort of sci-fi thing. You're going to have some celebrity there. This is just going to be, and even video game conventions are like this. You have like a voice actor, right, or like Developers. some unbelievably a popular Twitch streamer. There's a three-hour line to just get a photo with them. You don't get that at um at a furry convention it's more just like when when did the dj start and when does the artist alley open so i can get some drawings and hopefully get them before the uh before the weekend's over and that's pretty much it every convention has a theme and no one gives a shit it's like the 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 theme is having a good time for the weekend
0: fuck yeah Um,
1: we uh, we so, got yeah. a lot of furry listeners and it's a subculture like I honestly wasn't super aware of not aw- I was aware of it but not super familiar with before starting the show. We we got a Discord going and a number of the people in there are furries. And it's like I don't you know I, there's exceptions to every group but overall like one of the most radically accepting supportive cool groups of people for queer people, for people with mental health stuff going on like yeah everybody I've met has just been very nice. And I appreciate that ethos of like, yeah, I'm going to wear this like very uh, flamboyant out there costume. I'm putting yeah. less effort into it and just yeah. owning that shit. That's so yeah. fucking cool.
2: My friend, Jim, I talked, we think we were talking before the podcast. He is like the gay dad I've never had. Mm-hmm. He's a man in his sixties. So he's my oldest friend. He, and he didn't know about, he didn't know about the Phantom until he started following me on RCR. Yeah. Um, he tells me, like, okay, after being at this convention, uh, the furry fandom in 2023 is what gay culture
0: was in 1973. That's, that's sick as fuck. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking sick. I got to <laughs> yeah. get out to one of these fucking things. That sounds badass. We've talked about trying
1: to do a show at one. Listeners, I know some of you got the ends on a convention. I would, yeah. I would love to
0: do that. Yeah. I want to experience this. That should Mm -hmm. be a goal. Live show at Midwest Fur Fest, baby. Let's fucking go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Well,
1: I I have, Brian, I got one more stub for you. We're coming up on the end here, but I have uh, a a question specifically directed at you from Mm -hmm. a friend of mine. Okay. RCR, can you please do a mini review of the 2006 model year Volkswagen Jetta? It is, in my mind, a car without fault or shortcomings. And well, I need to I, say for context.
2: I can hear your electrical system and window regulators shorting out right now. Because Volkswagen AG doesn't care about the little things. They're going to not even put dielectric grease. They're going to not wrap their wiring harnesses correctly. Oh, yes, the engine is fantastic. It can go 300,000 miles. Yes, it can. It's a fantastic engine. Great transmission. They even shift really well. Like Bushings wore out. They're fantastic to shift. But they just—they just don't give a crap about making electrics work. Oh yeah, it's a great car. All I have to do is replace half the wiring harness when moisture got inside the wrap. You know, got inside the wrap. Like that's—I
1: will never own a Volkswagen. He had some Fuck issues. <laughs> 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 Number one of which was that halfway he—he he got this car. When we were in high school. He had it for about fifteen years. The the side the passenger seat about halfway through it got stuck in the fully reclined position and it was so much to fix it he just left it like that so when i would ride in the car (laughs) i was leaned back and if somebody was in the passenger seat your head was like in their lap and i have affection for it he had so many fucking issues with this thing but it stayed it worked for fucking 15 years Mm. (laughs) i'm curious to see what he says because i know he had electric shit
2: yeah (laughs) You get in a Volkswagen before you, if it has electric windows, you get in a Volkswagen of that vintage. Now, my brother drives a Volkswagen Jetta. It's been great for him. Nothing's gone wrong. His is like a 2014 or something like that, maybe a 2016. You know, it's new. It's great. It's fine. You know, it's an 80s. It, it's a turbocharged engine that takes 87 octane. Great. For those listening, most turbocharged cars are for, for performance. They need knock protection. That's why they have to run 93 or 91 yeah. if you're in California. But those old ones, you get an old, if you get into an older Volkswagen from the 2000s, ask the driver, if I put this window down, is it going to go back up? And he may yeah, say, no, no, like, no, don't, don't, nah, don't not that nah, one. don't do that. Don't do that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got the one problem window. Shout out to my friend for writing this. <laughs> in. Well, that, uh, that, about, that about brings us to the end here. We got to give Brian a round of applause for joining us.
0: Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Wow. What uh, what do you want to tell the people about? Where can they find your stuff?
2: Regular car reviews on YouTube, regular cars on all social media. Or if you're really lazy, regular car reviews into Google. I'm the first two pages.
1: Damn. <laughs> this is actor. <laughs> Again. That's SEO, baby. Mm-hmm. again check brian's stuff out even if you were not particularly a car person like myself it is just a very good time to watch thank I you I think you did a night in the woods review years ago right yeah yeah highly recommend that video if anybody it was a video
2: game like that took place in pennsylvania so I'm yeah like, awesome. yeah i loved rarely game. get
1: that and your your analysis of that and like having that be the, the place that you live to was was wonderful mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite you've done check it out oh, folks thanks. Uh, What else we got to do at the end here? We've thanked Brian. We also have to thank our dear patrons. You heard Vanilla Donovan, the most creative (laughs) ad read character I've ever come up with, earlier tell you that for $5 a month, you can get a bonus episode each week. Access to the Discord. We'll mail you a sticker. But for $10 a month, each week we will shout your name out in lights at the end of the main episode. Audrey, who are we shouting out
0: first? We begin as we do with Anthony Limburg. We follow that up with our day one, Barb. Up next is Donovan's day one, his own father. That's right, shouts out. We're shouting out spreadable fruit. We're shouting out daddy Dylan. We're shouting out Gigi. We're gonna shout out K friggin' money.
1: Next up to the plate. I've put a sports analogy halfway through the read, even though I don't know a lot about baseball. It's Mocriata.
0: Center ice. It's MC Proletariat. Okay, we are doing this. Uh, in the
1: in the scrum, I played rugby. I should know more than that. It's Mickey Flykick.
0: <laughs> Introducing tonight's power forward Rico Suave,
1: and uh, Slam dunking one right here. It's Riley.
0: From episode 105, it's Ryan. It Rich it Hummy Click Clack. Was from... a ping pong? No, that was supposed, <laughs> to be a golf. was supposed to be a golf ball. But here's Rich Hummy Click Clack's drop.
1: Uh, uh, brushing the ice so that the stone can move <laughs> smoothly down whatever you call that. It's super deformed. Uh,
0: Birdie, it's tufted titmouse. Nice, that's a good one
1: uh something love we're shouting out Wendy tennis.
0: <laughs> we're, we're gonna uh close it out with a grand slam it's our good friend wren thanks so much for joining us at the ten dollar a month level you truly are <laughs> the, the balls in our sports
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> you truly are the nine iron in our bag
0: <laughs> no you the you the three wood baby you for driving you awesome you
1: truly are the you get distance you truly are the Total oh, Fuck, I used to know some stuff about golf. I got nothing here. You're all the good sports stuff. We love you all. Thank you for your support. And if you don't have the means to support us on there, uh, give us five stars places. It helps us a lot. Write a review. Do the nice things. Tell your friends. Good we stuff. love you.
0: Uh, I did the intro theme. It's love. It's uh, Horn Filter. the love theme from RFTB. You can find it more songs like it at SoundCloud.com slash RFTB pod as well as the outro music, which I haven't written yet because I do it uh, a new one every week. Uh, on the main feed please enjoy whatever you. the fuck comes out of my head this week she does it for you listener alright that's it that's it it's time for me to get right up on this microphone and say I love you thanks bye Mwah!